everyone. Welcome back to the Be That Create That channel. I'm so excited to be able to share more of these interviews with you as we go. I'm meeting people from all over and finding that leadership means different things to different people and at different times. Um, but everybody, as we've talked about before, as part of this channel, everybody has the opportunity to create their own leadership lifestyle. So whether I have had some coaches on, I've had yoga instructors, I've had stay-at-home moms, I've had homeschool teachers. We've had a variety of women on that share different ways that they are taking what they love to do, adding some energy and passion to it, and really going out and making an impact in this world. And we need more of that, right? So I want to make sure that we take the time to celebrate those that have the courage to be visible and do that. So um, today's episode is no different. I'm bringing on Mariah Wallace. I'm gonna go ahead and bring her from backstage so that she can take the time to introduce herself and share the passion of what she's doing these days as well. All right, welcome, welcome. All right, morning, or I guess afternoon. <laughs> right, um, the other thing I've noticed doing some of these interviews is I've had people even from uh, like the UK so uh -huh. when we are airing them, it's like, okay, is it morning for you? Is it afternoon? Is it lunchtime? At least uh, for you and I, we're in a close time zone. So Yes. Yes. Not too bad. <laughs> so why don't you just go ahead and share with us, Mariah, what is it that you do as a leadership and executive coach? And how did you get onto this path to be where you're at right now? Okay. Yeah. So um, actually... It sounds like you and I do very similar things and, you know, with a lot of your experience and um, background, it's a little intimidating because, you know, from one leadership coach to another, you know, you tend to do a lot of comparison, but um, I got here via a kind of weird uh, a way. So I'm a licensed professional counselor by training and degree and everything. Um, then I found myself in leadership at a behavioral health center in a, in a hospital. And I just took on more and more leadership. And I, before I knew it, I was overseeing four different departments. And as you know, with so many different locations and departments with different policies and procedures, it can get chaotic. So I found myself very stressed and I knew kind of what I had in mind and I felt what I was doing as a leader was, you know, on the right track. And I started picking up on some of the things that maybe leadership above me could have implemented to support a better working environment. So um, kind of just learned and I decided, hey, I want to help people like me that are in a leadership position who are trying to do it all. Um, so I thought maybe I'll, you know, work on counseling with these high level executives, C-suite, but you have to diagnose somebody formally uh, to work with them with mental health diagnosis to be, you know, reimbursed by insurance. And that's where I thought, hey, these guys actually could benefit from coaching, you know, more so than actual counseling because we're going to do a lot of motivational interviewing goals, you know, reaching your goals and that sort of thing. So that's how I got where I'm at today. And one of my caveats I always try to tell people is I'm going to work on being very well behaved. 
because I tend <laughs> to say things a little bit um, inappropriately due to the therapy background. You have to have kind of a sick sense of humor to get through some of that trauma, you know. So, um, but that kind of goes into my leadership and coaching style too. I try to um, do it real, you know. I don't want to speak mm-hmm. a lot of corporate jargon, you know. So that's that's how yeah, I, I am. Where I am to- today. I try to keep things, what I say is straightforward, no nonsense. Like I'm going to tell you how it is with the most love and hypey cheerleader that you need. However, I also know that you need someone who is going to say, you told me you were going to do that and you didn't. So what got in your way? That's exactly what people need. It is. It is, especially right now when there's so many, I mean, I feel like this could be a show all on its own, but there's so many excuses out there right now that are mm-hmm. allowing people to just tag right onto them and mm-hmm. make it a reason for not getting things done when really it's like, no, getting these things done are simple. There are simple tools and resources that we can give people to reach their goals, reach their targets. It's not mm-hmm. easy, but it's simple. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people and, are looking for things to be easy. And that's just not where it's at. If you want to get to the level like y- you and I have gotten to. Yeah. Yeah. I could not agree more. It just, I've seen that transition in the past maybe five years. If it's too hard, people are giving up more. And mm-hmm. I don't know. One of my theories is that, you know, once we got to the Zoom and, um, culture where we're always on calls, there's like this false sense of optimism that we all have to put on like, oh, everything's fine. Yeah, you know, to agree with others, but, you know, it may not be okay behind the background and you're struggling, but you're just kind of, you know, glazing over to fit in with the the Zoom crowd, you know. Yeah. And I feel like there's a little bit of um, you're on the call, but you may be feeling distracted and now that has become normal. So I feel like there's a little bit of losing people's laser focus on what they're doing or the person that they are meant to be present with. Um, I know, you know, from, from your experience, do you feel like people being able to work from home overarching, I suppose, were more productive mm-hmm. during that time frame, or has it turned into less productivity? Well, I think initially it was more productive. You know, I think a lot of people in my industry wanted to prove themselves, hey, I can do this. It's not a problem. But then the distractions of home started seeping in, you know, as kids were there and we're trying to integrate that work-life balance. And people are kind of waking up later or they kind of throw off of a schedule, you know, when you're working from home, it's not a regimented schedule. So I've seen kind of, hey, things were working really well initially and now maybe not so much. Mm -hmm. And then you take that connection, that workplace connection away. People are a little bit more disengaged from their coworkers and, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't have that relationship aspect. So that plays a big role. Yeah. And I would also say, you know, going into that, like the leadership, the culture is going to be the way that the leadership wants it to be. So Mm -hmm. when you're working with someone, do you guys touch on culture, communication? How do you start with something like that? 
Culture is everything to me. If you don't have a good foundation and a good culture, your company, you know, they need to rethink their strategy. So mm-hmm. that's kind of one thing that um, I'm kind of delving into a little bit more instead of just solely one-on-one, mm-hmm. doing a little bit of more of the company culture consulting. Mm-hmm. And I get a lot of that. I don't know. Have you read Kim Scott's book on radical candor? Oh, I haven't. I've heard of it, but I have not yeah. read it. It's fantastic. She basically wrote a book about everything I've thought, you know, my whole life. And she reinforced, <laughs> yes. you know, a, a lot of the way that I was thinking and how companies need to change the way that they're acting, treating employees and everything like that. And it's just phenomenal. So I've gained so much knowledge from from her, her book. Yeah, I'll have to take a look at that. So what is yeah. um, what is one tool that you feel like you can give your one-on-one clients that seems to make that for, you know, we need a little motivation to get some momentum behind our transformations. So what is something that you would be able to offer them or you work with them that you feel like really helps them go, you know, I can do this. I can be a better leader and you see a change in them. Uh-huh. So I glean a little bit of motivational interviewing from the behavioral health world. Mm -hmm. So we kind of use this one point, 10 point scale. You know, I check in, where are they, you know, on their goals? You know, where are you from, you know, today? What are you? You know, if they rate themselves a six on how confident they feel that they are, Mm -hmm. you know, achieving their goals as a leader, I'll probe into that a little bit more and say a six, what makes that a six today? Tell me about that. And then instead of just moving forward, I will ask a little bit, well, what's holding you back from moving from a six to a seven? And then we Mm kind of delve in a little bit there. And then with that, we find some of the obstacles, you know, in the middle, you know, Mm -hmm. what, and I say, well, if you could achieve that seven, what's, you know, getting you, holding you back from that eight. And, you know, usually by the time the session ends, we're, we've got some motivating factors and we figured out a lot of the barriers and that's kind of how I like to start things. Mm -hmm. I love that because, you know, a lot of times when people go into coaching or consulting, they go into the conversation feeling like you're going to tell me how to fix everyone else. Yeah. And the first, thing, <laughs> the first thing that we need to do is bring that circle right back around and go, okay, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. how are some of the behaviors and patterns that you're doing right now affecting these other things that are happening and really oh starting in the center, right? So um, uh-huh. when we think about leadership, um, everyone has a different answer. So I'd love to hear yours of how would you either mm-hmm. describe or define leadership for somebody if they just say, what is what is leadership? Because I know Google just tells me leadership is leading people. Okay, Google, that doesn't help. What really? <laughs> so how would you describe it? Um, well, I think that that has changed over time for me. So mm-hmm. probably I, I when I was younger, I had an idea of more of an, you know, a democratic or, you know, even, you know, a hierarchical standard where, you know, you've got the boss and the boss kind of has the overall say of what the employees need to do, how they need to act. But as I've 
delved into things and experimented, I'm kind of at this point now where I'm like, leadership is being there for your team. You know, you've got Mm -hmm. to make sure they have their needs met, that they're on the right track, and then you can take care of you, do your job. But if everything's going good for them, you're there for them, you know, your leadership should be a little bit more smooth moving forward. Yeah, I think that's that's uh, servant leadership really is when I think about my team to get the best from them for our company, for our opportunity, for our whatever. How do I make sure that they're in the best place possible? Because we are not at a point right now with these teams that we can force them. It's more of like, how do I encourage them, influence them, get them excited about what we're doing um, Mm -hmm. in order to make the company or team or organization be better. It's just such an interesting difference in the way leadership is now than what it was maybe when our parents were working full-time. Oh yeah. Yeah. One of my former directors, he grew up, you know, where everybody was loyal to one company. You worked really hard, you know? And so when he came to the mental health world, he was like, what is a mental health day or why oh do you need time off? You know, he was just like, what is this stress and trauma you guys speak of? And um, but after working with him for seven years, he came around and his leadership transformed and he had a great impact on me. You know, he he taught me a lot of old business, you know, productivity, uh, you know, six sigma lean, but he transformed and it was just amazing to see that he actually started really transforming the culture, caring about the team. And I owe him quite a bit of credit to being the person I am today. Isn't that interesting? When you speak of mentors, so when I was 16, my mentor was our general manager for a restaurant. And I remember him telling me his job was to create atmosphere. His job was to develop other leaders and his job was mm-hmm. to create an atmosphere where people love to come to eat and people love to come to work. Um, oh, and what's, it was amazing. And when you think about it, that was 1995. That was a very... Yeah, that's kind of unheard of. <laughs> yeah. And he was in his 20s at the time. So also like they're a very, you know, young into leadership, but it was so profound that to think about Mm -hmm. that. And what's interesting is now he's my, he's my, the owner of the restaurant that I'm an operating partner for. Um, Uh And that same restaurant is the one that I started at when I was 16 and he was the general manager. So um, (laughs) yeah, he's really been a mentor for me kind of full circle. Um, But I do remember him saying, my job is to create atmosphere, one where people love to come to eat and people love to come to work. And um, I really think that if, if our leaders look at their organizations, their teams, their businesses in that way, they're going to see so many more people flourish, including the company. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you serve your people, you treat your people right, they want to do a better job for you. And then you have profits, you know, they treat your clients, they treat your customers, your patients so much better when they're happy to be there. If, if we just start ground up servant leadership, it's a culture mm-hmm. change. And I'm surprised he started that in 1995. That's actually <laughs> <laughs> um, Share with us maybe, you know, obviously, you know, as an executive coach and being in the health field, I'm sure that you probably had yourself some 
I don't want to say strict, but non-negotiable things that you do that make you feel successful. Maybe it's in every day, maybe it's in every week, every month, whatever. But what's something that you would say that you do kind of religiously or, or continuously that you feel like makes you feel successful? Well, when I was in leadership, I think checking in on my people, you know, we would have team meetings and then I noticed that those one-on-one -on -one meetings establishing that every one or two weeks was invaluable to my team. It took up a lot of time, you know, it really did to try to meet with every single person. And sometimes you have to push that out. But when you do that, check in on them once every two weeks, you know, for 30 minutes, that is something that transformed my team, my culture. They felt mm -hmm. like I invested in them. I trusted them and you know, they were able to work a little bit better knowing that I had their back. And if I got busy and I started canceling meetings or, you know, kind of brushing things off when I got stressed, things just kind of went haywire, you know, like, hey, I don't feel like you're there for me. Are you OK? So mm -hmm. that's one thing I learned is having your one on one meetings with your employees are key. You know, if you can't do that, find a way to do a small group meeting, too. Mm -hmm. Why don't you um, share with us something that you are creating right now or working on that has you excited? Okay, well, the thing that I'm doing, I've, I've created a few videos just on how emerging leaders can leverage emotional intelligence to become, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. a little bit better to excel. But right now, and I don't know if you've experienced this either, either. I'm kind of curious, is that I've noticed people or new leaders especially are having trouble um, with constructive criticism for their employees or leading those difficult conversations. Sometimes it comes off too strong or sometimes leaders are, you know, don't want, like, it goes back to you saying they want it to be easy. So mm -hmm. they just brush it off, you know, like, oh, it's fine. Yeah, I know you won't make that same mistake again. So I'm starting a small workbook for a new leader and how to develop their skills and constructive criticism and leading difficult conversations. Yeah, that is going to be very helpful because I do think it is the beginner leader who, well, I don't want to hurt their feelings. I don't want to upset yeah. them. What if they quit? And, you know, the advice that I give in short is I'll usually say, this person is a friend or someone you care about, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. This is someone I care about. Okay. So give them the feedback in a tone in which you are showing that you care for them as a friend and it's valuable feedback and feedback is a gift. Mm -hmm. If you go with the intention of proving them wrong or pointing something out or criticizing, then that's the tone that's going to come out. Yeah. But if I really care about this person as a friend, then that's the tone that's going to come out. Yes. You just stated exactly what that book I told you about teaches. It's that relationship, knowing when your employees know that you care about them, you know, any kind of feedback you give them, they know it's coming from a good spot, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think you're right. That's completely key is that caring relationship. Yeah. And so I have your website up on the screen and I'll make sure it gets in the show notes as well. Um, what are some things that they're going to be finding on your website? So just, Right now, it's pretty simple. I just talk about how I how I 
operate some of the problems that my clients have Mm -hmm. when they come to see me and then give you a list of what you hope to achieve by working with me. And then I, I talk about a few of the packages that I offer and a little bit about me, you know, too. I know if you want to know more about me, feel free to email me about all my credentials, all of that. But I really want my website to speak to you guys, too. Mm -hmm. So if it sounds good, you know, you think we would work good together, you know, read through that. But if not, I say match is key. Find yourself another coach that you feel that you would work well with, you know, because that Mm -hmm. relationship is key. Um, And then I've got some access to my videos and I will be plugging in that freebie for that workbook coming up shortly. Awesome. I love that. And we can teach people to be resourceful. And Mm -hmm. still, I feel like once they're resourceful, they still need a mentor or a guide or a coach in some way. I mean, even as a coach, I have a coach. I think we always have to have somebody that holds us accountable or someone that we can bounce those ideas off of, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it's women supporting women, basically. Uh Um, Yeah, I couldn't have done it without my copywriting, my marketing coach, you know, if I hadn't utilized those people myself, it's like, Mm -hmm. I would be lost. Yeah, yeah. And so many people are trying to do it on their own behind the scenes. They're saying, well, I can do this side hustle. I love that you have something on the side for extra income. Mm -hmm. Let's make sure you're not wasting your time. Uh And money. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Get yourself someone who can help. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I've had you on hot seat now for 20 minutes, but I want to appreciate your time coming on here to share with the community and the audience as well. Um, I love what you're doing out there. You know, it's near and dear to my heart and especially in the health field. I think that that um, is a necessary thing. And, uh, and I appreciate that you are doing that. Um, If you guys would like to get to know Mariah more, obviously, again, I've got her website up here. Plus, I'm going to have it in the show notes for us as well. And then when that workbook comes out, I know that's going to make an impact on people. So that's exciting. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on today. Um, Thank you guys for being part of this episode. You know that um, if you want more conversations like this, you can find us on YouTube, follow the podcast, um, and also in the Female Leader Headquarters on Facebook. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks again, Mariah. Awesome. Bye, guys.